0: Welcome back to Unknown and Talented. My name is Jalon Abrams. I got a special guest today. His name is Dave, the Notorious Storyteller. What's up, man?
1: What's up, man? Blessings. Much appreciated and glad to be here. I appreciate you reaching out and actually letting me get on the show with you. So it's great.
0: Yeah, of course. So I met Dave at this event in New York, a Social Proof podcast, Melanin Money podcast, So it was just an event where a lot of entrepreneurs, content creators got together, and I was able to meet Dave. And, you know, we had a conversation about getting on my show, and I was doing research on his page and seeing that he was into sigmatography. And I was just like, yo, this guy's been working. He's worked with the NBA, US Open, making movies. So how was that experience being a um, sigmatographer?
1: Uh, I mean, the experience is still, like, a little bit not real to me, even though, like, every day to day I do it, and... There's days where I have to remind myself that you know I do this for a living. I pretty much mess with lights and cameras all day, and since since like working with this company that I work with it's called GoTo Team, they basically are a production house that fulfills work for major sports, major major news, corporate, even on the narrative side, like creating movies and even TV shows, and it's been great. To be honest, I can't. I can't lie. I'm doing something that I love every day. I get to be creative, and I get I get paid for it. So, it's not a real downside on it for that on me.
0: Nah, that, that's fire. So I saw you also had you also played college ball. So how's that experience of going there? Pretty sure I know you probably wanted to go to the lead as well, but now you're still working with the NBA. How was that?
1: <laughs> that's funny because I actually had really no. I didn't really even start playing basketball like organized basketball to like the 10th grade so to even make it all the way through college four years and i walked onto that team as well i didn't even like i wasn't recruited there or anything like that but to translate from playing basketball to what i do now it's always been a team sport you know it takes a lot of people to make a movie make a tv show and it takes a lot of people to win championships so those are definitely the moments that i realized like learning how to work with a team, knowing how to play your role, I take those skills, those soft skills into what I do today. Mm -hmm.
0: And was that challenging? Because I know like on a team, you kind of know who the star is. But what you do, how do you know who's the star? And like, what what role you got to play?
1: That's funny. I mean, we always know who the star is. It's the person who's in front of the camera. But that's, that's like, that's also like, my point. That was my point of view before I got into into this industry. I realized there are a lot of star people that don't get on camera. It's like the executive producer. It's the director. It's the screenwriter. It's the editor. Uh, it's the DP. That's the director of photography, which is the role I, I pretty much fulfill. And it takes a lot of people. Like any day it could be depending on the whatever the hassle was or the problem that needed to be solved, somebody could be the new star player for that day. And they they came through and saved the day. So honestly, it's more about just putting your best foot forward that day, making sure that you're not in a place of like better than and accepting that, you know, whatever the day brings, you got to face it then and make sure you don't let the day beat you and you at least put your best foot forward in that situation.
0: So um, you said director of photography, what is that? Cause I'm, I'm into like making videos and editing videos, but I'm not into behind the scenes. So what exactly does the DP do?
1: Uh, I mean, the DP, the best way to explain it is a person who's in charge of the camera department. And also it's the person who helps the director or the screenwriter get an actual visual picture. So whatever comes through the camera, which involves the lights that's on set, whatever the, the lighting is or the mood that's trying to be described through the writing and things like that, a DP or a cinematographer comes in, works with the screenwriter, works with the producers, works with the director to help get that vision on camera. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what I do.
0: Okay. I, I like that because that's what I'm doing too. I'm learning. So right now I got a light here. I got a light here. Yeah. I know it's like a key light. Mm-hmm. That's the fill light, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm learning, yeah, I'm learning that as well. So it's, it's cool that that's what you do for a living. So, mm-hmm. so how did you actually start?
1: How did I start? Uh, I mean, it started back in college. I decided I wanted to go for a computer information system major. Um, I was playing ball at that time and I had to hold up a certain GPA, but in that major, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't, I was almost on academic probation at that point. Then eventually it got to a point where a teammate of mine was talking about video journalism, which is the major I graduated from college with. When I got into that major, I realized, okay, this industry of journalism and broadcast is a very big world. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do at that point, but I was someone that was always willing to learn like you, like- you're figuring it out all along the way. And that's pretty much what I did. Long Then once I graduated, I had to do an internship somewhere else to, which was part of my major. I ended up going to Atlanta. That was my first time ever moving somewhere else outside of New York state. And when I moved there, I basically told myself, I want to get into the industry. And at that time, Atlanta was very, bo- it's still booming as like the next Hollywood or the, the the black Hollywood. And it still is to this day. Um, I got in, started as a security for Love & Hip Hop. Then just networking with people. It was interesting because the first guy that ever hired me as a camera operator, I met him on set as a security for Love & Hip Hop. So then from there, it was just more of building up that work credit because I thought I was going to go back to school, like film school, but that didn't work out. It didn't work out how I thought it was. And the opportunity to actually work and gain on-set experience just kept providing itself. So I decided to go that route. And then at that point, I realized, OK, I want to become a DP because I was on set long enough. I started seeing what a DP does, how they operate, what's their lifestyle like. And then from there, I just started telling people more like, OK, this is what I want to do. At that point, I was PAing a lot, which is a production assistant, pretty much hands on set. Um, anybody that knows it's just more like the entry-level position to working in the industry is a PA job. Then it just worked out. I was covering for a guy that works that has done work with the company that I'm currently employed by. Just, just kept doing great work. You know, they kept calling me back, and then I had to go through an application process. I didn't make it the first time, but I made it the second time only because I feel like. I I had an opportunity to work with that company where and everybody that had a that was involved on decision making for the next apprentice because there's an apprenticeship program I had to go through. And once I got in, the stars and shining, man, since then, like they've been (laughs) I was I lived in Atlanta for three years and I moved to Houston with this company because I had to finish out my training, which was about eight months. And then I ended up moving back to the New York area to cover this cover this market for them because they because I'm from New York it's actually interesting that I moved back to do this which has been great you know I, my family's here my girlfriend's here it's the best of both worlds to be honest
0: that's that's cool man I wish man I wish I started videography earlier cuz I definitely probably would want to do exactly what you do but what does your day look like you wake up how how does that how does that work
1: hmm, um it depends on the on What's the client that I have for that week? Any different week, it could be many different things. Like if I have to prep for a shoot, it could be involve me going to a rental house, making sure that I have all the gear that I need, um, prepping the cameras, making sure my lights work, uh, making sure I have all the information in terms of video specs, location, how do they, how the client gets the asset, which like the media and things like, how do they want to receive that and things like that. So I mean a day in and day out It it changes man Changes every single day It's the closest thing I can get To what entrepreneurship feels like Like the knowing that you gotta plan something And make sure it's executed
0: Okay so let's talk more about entrepreneurship So we did go to an event recently Where it's a room full of entrepreneurs So what is your goal as an entrepreneur? So right now you're working for this company I know you have aspirations to be Aspirations to be an entrepreneur as well
1: yeah, for sure. Uh, I think my journey right now as an entrepreneur is exposure. Like I'm learning how to expose myself to other high level entrepreneurs. Like my interaction, the reason I was even at that event is because I came ac- I came across Dave and Donnie back in Atlanta when I lived there and I'm part of the morning meetup as well. So it was like, I've been in that ecosystem and it's funny. I've always had entrepreneurship in my family, but to the sense of it being like corporations and learning how LLCs and things are like that are structured, I didn't know that part. But my family always knew how to hustle. They always knew how to make some make some money. Like even if it was selling food or hosting an event or something like that, that's always been how my family's operated. So it was, it was only it was only right that I would think like okay, I can operate a business or I, this can be a business because technically what I do is freelance, but because I'm staffed with a company, they handle more of the, the back end. All I really handle is the actual shoot and dealing with the client on, on the ground floor. But when it comes to the back end, I don't really handle all that. And it's it's a great level to be at because now I'm able to see things from my experience, from my experience, but also see it from the corporate side. Like, how do people at this level handle certain clients, or what certain clients expect at this level? And it's been very helpful for me at that point.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, what is what is one thing you learned? Because I know you pretty much had to go through the process of moving to Houston, moving to Atlanta, and doing these different things. But what else has happened to you that makes you build and having this mindset of? You know, you have to be an entrepreneur to pursue this.
1: Uh, I mean, growth, bottom line. Like, I've always been someone that's... I I don't like to do the same thing I did last year. So, like, I'm always looking to be better day by day, 1% better. And also, I'm a big fan of Kobe Bryant. Like, Kobe Bryant has been a big inspiration for me since playing basketball. But then when I came across Eric Thomas, uh the hip hop ET the hip hop preacher I learned about him back in college and personal since then personal development has always been mm-hmm. like the thing that separates me like when I realize I want to be able to do something it's up to me to become better it's up to me to become more more in tune with what I'm doing and more in tune with who I am because my business is only going to rep- be a representation of me so if I'm not person to execute. If I'm not a person that's disciplined, if I'm not a person that is willing to be a visionary about a situation or be able to communicate this thing, then it's not going to work in my business because I don't have those skills. So I realized if I need to, for me to be successful in business and entrepreneurship, I have to develop, I have to be the person that does the thing, that has the thing that I'm looking for. And that's pretty much where I came. Mm -hmm. I've always tried to be that person. Instead of trying to just make fake it till I make it kind of thing, I always want to be the person.
0: Yeah, I, I, I like that personal development. That's what this podcast is about: motivational personal development, getting yourself better. And I saw that you're big into reading. So, what what book are you you reading right now?
1: Mm. <laughs> Literally, it's funny. The book I'm reading right now is "Filmmaking for Dummies."
0: Okay, that's, okay. That's
1: current. The one I'm physically reading. I'm also listening to a book called The Magic of Big Thinking. I'm in a book club. Um, we're finishing up that right now. But those are the two books I'm currently going through. But man, you're right. I definitely enjoy reading. I didn't, it's funny. I take more notes now as like an entrepreneur than I did in school. Like, And not to say school was like the easiest thing for me, but I definitely didn't. I took notes, but not as intense that I do now if I'm at a good seminar, or a good conference, I'm taking notes like pages. But even my first, it was my senior year of college basketball, the season wasn't going well for me personally. We went, we did well as a team, but me personally, the goals I set up for myself, it wasn't, I wasn't achieving them. But then I started reading, I got into reading books on our travel and the book I was reading at the time was Shoe Dog about Phil Knight and the creation of Nike. And I just I went through the book cover to cover, and since then I've I haven't stopped. Every time I pick up a book, I try to finish it, or I find out enough, or find out what I need to know before I have to give it until I put it down. But always having the resources of books is is always great.
0: Yeah, no, no, it's dope you said that, but I agree. In school, I think the books they let us read is is nonsense, but now we have our pick of the litter of. You know what we want to read. Like my favorite book is Rich Dad Poor Dad, that basically changed my entire mindset of money. So, um, so to talk more about money, you're also into finance as well. You're into financial literacy. So talk more about that.
1: Uh, well, my financial literacy journey has definitely been a true journey. Uh, it's a, I think it started when, and not to say I, I didn't grow up like poor. I grew up working hard. Like I saw people work hard, but I realized, yeah, you can make money, but how you manage the money is very important as well. So like my realization, what I've come to right now at this point in my life, when it comes to financial literacy is that it comes down to two things. I have to have emotional intelligence and then I have to be able to manage the money that I, that I create. Um, Emotional intelligence, meaning that, you know, I can't let the traumas or the things that I'm addicted to or the things that I like or a materialistic point of view overshadow my day to day living, making sure I know what I know what I need to make sure my bills are paid, making sure the things that I have to pay for are being paid for to help my way of life. And then also the management of that. And then it's just coming down to making a budget simple things like that. And it's not simple because it's so hard to actually sit down and do it. But once it gets done and we do it over and over, it becomes repetition. But that's those two things. That's the two things I focus on right now, my emotional intelligence and how I manage my money. And I would say I'm definitely, I feel like I'm mature. I've I've been maturing year by year because I, I mean, since probably like since I moved away, for college, I've been, in a way, living on my own, having to manage my own money, having to work, having to do different things to make money. Or My parents weren't always in the best position to help me out, but when they could, they would. And that was the appreciation I can give for that. But at the same time, I knew I had to go out there and make some type of money myself. I had to earn it. So those two things, man, that's all I really bank on right now. Until I can get to And I'm understanding... The corporate side of business, like business funding and things like that, because I have aspirations of opening up a event space. So learning that side of it on how to open up a business, how to get that business funded, and things like that. People like him, five hundred. People like Wall Street Trapper who talks about stocks. People like Ian Dunlap, Earn Your Leisure, Dave and Donnie. You know, just the rolodex of entrepreneurs that are teaching this information is like. It's a great time to be alive to be honest so i'm grateful to be at this i'm grateful to be at this point in my life at this age ready to go out there and figure it out
0: Nah, no that's fire it's it's just cool to be able to talk to somebody that has like the same mindset as mine know everybody you're talking about eric thomas talking about donnie you're talking about wall street tap trapper so everything you're saying you know, I'm pretty much studying it as well. Um so so w- one thing that I'm trying to learn now is to build my circle, build my community. So I went to an event like the social proof thing and found you. Um you but, but it seemed like you've been going to things like that for a while. When did you know it was important to try to like build your community?
1: Hmm. When did I learn that it was important? Mm. I think it's always been there. Like it takes a village to raise a child. That's always been a motto for me cuz the Like growing up in the church that I was, everybody, everybody knew each other. Everybody looked out for each other. There was always a community there. When it came to understanding that of getting in the room, I learned that, I guess it really changed for me during COVID. Like that first, it was April and I can remember it like it was yesterday, man. Like I was supposed to be going to Dave's first social proof event but then covid happened and it shut it down. He was going to do it physically but he reverted. He pivoted and made it virtual. I remember it was 5 days. I really just sat at the dining room table on these on these Zooms every single like different classes too, like different things. And I realized, okay, I want to know more of this information. Little did I know that the real power was actually meeting these people in person and like connecting with them and things like that. So it was the next best thing. Once an event started coming, once the events happened in person, I realized, okay, I got to start going to these. I got to be here. I got to be, people have to start being recognized, recognizing my face when I'm coming into these places. Not that I have to meet them or have a conversation with them. But if I met somebody at this event the first time, maybe the second time around we cross each other's path, we're like, Oh, I know you from somewhere that connection builds, that relationship builds. So definitely it's always, once I realized it's not what you know, it's who you know, because that's how I got into this business. I just started applying it to everything else. Like if I know the person that's doing the thing I want to be doing, I'm going to go, I'm going to get as close as possible to that person and ask them a question.
0: That's it. Yeah, no, that no, that's cool. that's what I'm learning as well. So when I went to this event, my whole mindset was to meet people in the audience. I think a lot of times people's mindset is like, I want to meet Dave, I want to meet Donnie, I want to exchange information with them. But the, the 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 most important people are the people you're sitting next to. So like somebody like you or other people that I met at the event, that's who's gonna build up and end up being your partner in in the future. So that's it's it's so dope that you have that mindset. No,
1: um, I appreciate but that. But I kind
0: of want to get, of course, of course. So I kind of want to get more into the cinematography. Is Do you have any aspirations of, like, doing anything on your own? Like, mm-hmm. behind the scenes of NBA movies, do you have any ideas of doing something yourself?
1: Yeah, of course. I'm glad you asked that, because it's like, right now, I'm looking to... I'm a type of person that everything's a stepping stone for me. The reason why I got into this position as a DP is because I understood that between an idea and a script, it's me. It's a position I'm in. So the best thing to do is learn this position, how to talk their lingo, what they need, how they operate, so I can be in a position of when I'm the writer or if I'm the executive producer. I know how to communicate with another person in my position to get across the vibe or the feeling I'm looking to get across on camera. Uh, of course, my aspirations are definitely to use this information and use these skills that I have to like help provide great stories and great visuals. But I think more is me learning how to be a marketer, how to be a really good marketer, because I know how to make something look good, you know, but I always was a fan of writing. Uh, like I'm a big fan of like, because you introduced me like the Notorious Storyteller. That's my moniker. That's the that's the character I want to put in front of people to make them not make them, but to provide a exposure to storytelling. I feel like every day we have to storytell every day. We have to get into character every day. We have to get to a point that convincing someone else that I'm worth the time or worth the energy or worth the value I'm providing. So that's more of my aspiration of using the skills that I have now to create content around the businesses that I want to create, but also take my career as a, as a motivational speaker, because without Eric Thomas, I would have never knew that was a thing. Like I never knew people call people in to come talk to them for an hour to help them become more motivated or more inspired or impact their lives in some type of form or fashion. I, I mean, the only way I ever saw that was through a church and I thought I had to become a priest or a deacon to do that. But realizing I could do that as my full-time career, it kind of, that's, that's the main goal right now. I want to be able to create the, the person that impacts people the way Eric Thomas impacted my life.
0: I didn't know you wanted to be a motivational speaker. So speak more about that. Like what inspired you to want to do that?
1: Uh, What inspired me? That's tough because I feel like I've always been, actually the best way to put it is like, I always wanted to be part of the positive change in the world. Now I'm a, I'm a very, I'm a visionary. I'm a, i am aii usually, I daydream a lot. I sometimes have I dream during the night, but I daydream a lot. I always used to daydream as a kid. And I realized that's not, that's my superpower. I'm able to see something in front of me, but the best way to to get somebody else to see is to communicate that. How do I communicate that? I have to communicate that through a story. That person needs to be, I need to come across as someone that they can relate to, but also put some type of purpose and drive into why I'm telling them this story. Uh, so the me thinking, you know, I'm good at the visuals. I know how to write something down. How do I communicate it to other people? How do I get it to other people to say, hey, you like this, but you're not doing anything with it. Why are you not doing anything with it? And I always realized that's been me. I want to be able to talk to the, person, to the young man that I was when I was in middle school that or in high school or even in college that was like, yo, I didn't know what I want to do with myself. I didn't I didn't feel like I was worth anything because as a as a black man, I definitely and we all can understand that, you know, there's days where we're not physically we're not mentally there. We're not always mentally there. And physically, we may be doing what we have to do, but mentally we're not doing what we have to do as well, which means taking the time to reflect, taking the time to be aware so that's my reason. My reason is I because I want to be able to spark the curiosity. I want to be able to help people become more aware of themselves, so they become a better person and then help their community. Because at the end of the day, it's each one teach one. If I can help you do better, you're gonna help the person that you want that you can help or who's whoever's open to letting you help them. I can't help everybody, but the person that needs to be helped lets you help them. I help them because I helped you. So those are my reasons behind getting into like motivational speaking and things like
0: that. Yeah, it's, it's one thing that you said that I related to exactly. Cause I just recorded something today. We're talking about, I want to motivate my younger self, but in other people, I I, I love how you said that, man. That, that that was pretty dope. Cause, cause we went, we all had times where we you were younger. We didn't have that motivation of ET or I can't think of nobody else right now. We didn't have that. So like right now we're being, Brown, I mean, Say that?
1: yeah, yeah. Les Brown. Les Brown, like, he's been, uh, or even, um, man, Bob Proctor, dudes like that, um, it's, it's pretty crazy, like, that's always been a thing, that's been a world.
0: Yeah, no, it's always, my my dad been in, in Les Brown, but I was, at that part. I was young, I didn't want to listen to Les Brown, you know, so it's cool that we're a younger exactly. generation of talking to the younger, because we'd rather hear from us than hear from somebody like Les Brown, or even E.T., because... They don't want to hear the older guys.
1: Mhm. Yeah. I mean, somebody told me, a mentor of mine told me that too. Like, it's way better for us to, as a young adult, talk to younger adults because they're used to hearing adults, older adults talk at them. And by us talking to them, they're able to just be a little bit more comfortable because they think. Not because they think, but because we've been in their shoes. We're, we're that much more re- removed. We're not that far removed from them, but we're just that much more removed.
0: Yeah, no, no, you're right. I even think about like being younger, playing video games all day. All oh, you can do is play video games? You can't do nothing with that. And then now people is making money from video games, you know? So, I, apparently, Game no. apparently,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> Esports is, has taken off, man. Yeah. Has taken off. Yeah.
0: Um. So what, what I want to move into now is that you have a, pa- a podcast, The Journey's Past. Talk about that.
1: Mm-hmm. The journey's path, man Yeah, the journey's path where Every path is a purpose well, every uh, The journey's path And then we're working on a lot of different things Like it's a show of me and my best friend um, We're on YouTube We're also going to be on all audio platforms as well The show, I mean, I started I tried to have a show When I was back in Houston I recorded all the content and stuff like that But just never put it out and then I learned that community thing. I need somebody to be there to, like, push me along, sharpen my iron. And the best person I could think of was my best friend. We've been best friends since birth. Like, I'm a month and four days before him, at, at birthdays. Like, we're a month and four days apart. Known each other our entire lives. Our, par- our parents knew each other before we were born. Like, grew up in the same church, did everything together. So it was just only right that he's was like, I just... Once I moved back to New York, I was like, yo, we got to do this. We got to get we got to have this show, bro. And it's been great having it because it's such a, a wholesome outlet for me in terms of like I don't have I don't have the big pressure of like feeling like I have to be anybody else because I'm used to being myself with him, so it just naturally comes off on camera as like, you know, two friends just chopping it up talking, but I also realized the people that we are there's a lot of people that look up to us, and it's just a better way for us to be more everywhere. If we're able to record the conversations we have on a daily basis, it's just, it's just the best thing to do. I, I don't think we do it because we want to make something out of it, but I think we're doing it right now because we enjoy doing it. We're having fun doing it, and I think the show is going to be great because at the end of the day, there's only two of us, and I I see what EYL has done with the dedication and the commitment they made to a cause and a purpose. So I think with our show, we just are developing that cause and purpose, which is to show that everybody has a path. Everybody has a journey and you make your journey by adding a a purpose to that and being able to help each other along their journey. That's all we're here for. We plan on interviewing people just like this, just to kind of like get people to be exposed to a different lifestyle. He's a, He's into tech. Um, he's also into gaming as well. So it's just like a, we're both collabing in a world that we are both looking to get into, but we're also looking to help each other out at the same time. And I think it's a great, it's a great, I think it's a great show. And anybody check it out, definitely want to get you on the show. Like next time you come down to New York. Unfortunately, we only do, we've been only interviewing in person, but you, you definitely. Have made me step up my game So I'm realizing Alright, we really gotta get back to this Learn how to be virtual Because now I can interview people anywhere
0: Yeah, no, definitely I'm gonna give you all the stuff I use And everything To be ready for it. But yeah, it's Podcasting is a lot of fun I was actually had a um, Echo in my ears Killing me, yo <laughs> um, But I actually had a podcast before this We're With my friends as well It was a lot of fun We Only thing we did was virtual All we did was virtual But it, it didn't work out Because, you know Th- things happen, but now we have this. But it's a, it's a lot of fun doing it with your friend. A lot of fun. Um. So so what what is your vision for it? I know you said EYL. Um. Yeah. What is your vision for that podcast?
1: Uh, I mean, the vision is more. We were gonna looking. We we're looking into getting into actual like hosting events. So helping curate events to bring people together, help build relationships, help build community, things like that. I've honestly. We don't want to put a cap on it and we talk through like different things. We're just more of like we're in the weeds right now trying to make sure we we build the habit of putting episodes up, making sure that we record and making sure these episodes are us and making sure they up every week. But I think and I'm only speaking on what I see it to be. But I think if we I mean, we've had multiple conversations and we see it becoming something larger than just what we are doing right now. We, we see it being global. We see it being uh, a platform in which we can help people change their lives. So it's just more about being committed to that and doing what doing what it takes to be committed to that.
0: No, that's fine. Good luck. Good luck. I am def- I ain't get a chance to listen to it. I ain't going to act like, hey, man, listen to it, everybody. This is fire. I didn't get a chance to listen to it yet, but yeah. I'm definitely going nah, to check it out. I'm definitely going to check it out.
1: Definitely, bro. I definitely think I I definitely want to give you your flowers too because I definitely think your show is great. I think appreciate it. what you're doing is is what needs to be done at the end of the day. Like you getting it done, you doing it. Like we talked before, you doing it all, bro. You recording it, you getting the guest, and this takes a lot of people. Like coming from a person that works on a set, oh, all, all these different jobs you're doing. It takes a person to do that fully. Yeah. So by you doing it all on your own, more power to you, brother. Man,
0: I appreciate. It. I appreciate. It. Uh, but one thing I want to talk about, I saw this picture of you in a helicopter recording. Like that was wild. What, what was that experience like?
1: I best let me tell you a story about that.
0: Uh, the comp- so go to team, I basically fulfill
1: their work for the clients that they have, and you know, most of the time, I I get a put I get put on a Google calendar like what I got to do. That day, I was working a shoot. Well, the day before, I was working a shoot. And somebody, they reached, the office reached out to me. It's like, hey, um, we have a shoot with you. We have a shoot coming up for tomorrow at this time. Um, just to put it on your radar, because I'm currently, I was on a shoot right there. So it just forethought kind of thing. Um, that, the shoot they told me about ends up getting canceled. They're like, oh, it got canceled, but something else just came up. Um, Are you okay with getting in a plane? I'm in a, her- in a helicopter. I'm like, yeah, why not? I I'm one of those guys, like, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to think about it later because I was definitely nervous. Like when we was putting on the shots and stuff like that, I was super nervous. But it was basically for Fox Business. They're building some floodgates along um, the East River um, in Manhattan. And basically in that area, they couldn't put a drone up. So they went old school, put a guy in a helicopter. I was the guy in the helicopter. It was literally an open door helicopter going across like a going across, going around Manhattan. To be honest, it was probably like top five shoots, man, top five shoots I've been on. Like, cause I didn't expect to be, I didn't expect it to be like that lit. I didn't expect to really get in a helicopter and have to shoot out of it. But to see New York the way I did it, that day was like, it was a full circle moment. It was like when I left to go away for college and then I moved to Atlanta and everything like that. That moment right there made me realize, all right. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing because there's no other way I'll end up in a in a helicopter like this. Yeah,
0: <laughs> God, that's fire. Dang. That's fire. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I think that's that's a good spot to end there unless you have any other crazy stories like that.
1: Do I? Uh... Nah, I mean I do have some crazy stories, but I feel like that's definitely. That's a good. It's a good. Ending. That's the one that everybody. Yeah, that's the one that everybody be, that know me for. Yeah. Like everybody, once I put that like video up in the pictures, and I was like, "Dude, you were in a helicopter with no doors. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Now? What's yeah. going on with this?
0: Nah, that, so, that's fire, man. I just I'm gonna be watching your journey, watching everything you do. Hopefully, your podcast goes crazy. You, you build that community. You, your is, event spot, man. And I'm happy we met. Happy connected because I had a lot of fun. Um, did you have any last words you want to tell the audience?
1: What I want to tell the audience, follow the journey's path.
0: That's at the
1: journey's path on Instagram underscore. So at journey's path spelled out. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's Oh, that's Dave underscore. Oh, that's Dave spelled out that way. If you even type in notorious storyteller, you'll see me pop up there. Um, what I would definitely tell people, I mean, go after your dreams, man. Like, if you ever decided that you want to do something and you have that desire to go do it that's the that's enough reason to go do it that's enough reason to go do it and if you need any inspiration, you could look at my life, you could look at Jalen's life we could look at anybody's life and say, "Hey, because they're doing it, that means I could do it too and there should be no limit to what you're thinking i I don't as big you would say sky's the limit, but I feel like life is sky's the view man. We we have every resource we ever need. It's the time to be alive, as Drake and Future would say, so go out there and do your thing. That's what's
0: up. That's what, and my apologies, I didn't even do a good job of introducing myself, so it's Jalon. It's Jalon. my fault. <laughs> Jalon.
1: Jalon. My bad, man. Not, it's, it's my fault. We had,
0: we had tech issues in the beginning, so we was worried about that. So I didn't even introduce myself.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. All but
0: I appreciate you coming man, on. Bro. Dave, the Notorious Storyteller. My name is Jalon. Hey, bro. This is
1: <laughs> Jalon. Man, peace, bro. All right, man. Thanks next- is coming,
0: man.